You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kipolevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Now, when would you ever have to go ahead and do B'dikas Chametz on Shabbos? So it would only come up that you're going to do B'dikas Chametz on Shabbos, or primarily would come that you're going to do B'dikas Chametz on Shabbos in a situation where Erev Shabbos falls on, uh, Erev Pesach falls on Shabbos, like this year. So normally we know that you do B'dikas Chametz the night before the Seder. So in a year like this, when now we, we have uh, great communication compared to what existed in the past, so everybody knows well in advance, and there will just be sheer after sheer after sheer, which people are going to be giving in the next uh, three and a half weeks or so, three weeks, uh, about what happens when Erev Pesach falls on Shabbos, all the unique halachas which, which apply. So that's something which is certainly uh, uh, which is certainly coming. But a person could easily become overwhelmed with uh, with what's coming with what's going on, and they have in their mind like every other year that we're going to do B'dikas Chametz the night before the Seder. So they'll forget. So this year it happens to be that we do B'dikas Chametz Thursday night, Erev Erev Pesach, not on Erev Pesach, but it could arise, and this is what this, uh, the, this Tshuvas His Orerus Tshuva, it's written by a grandson of the Chassam Sofer. So he addresses this Shiloh, what happens if a person uh, gets to the Friday night uh, before, before the Seder, and realizes, oh my gosh, I never did B'dikas Chametz. Or he hears people in Shul saying, oh, it was so, it took us so long to do B'dikas Chametz last night. It took us an hour or two hours, whatever it is. And the fellow realizes that he was supposed to do B'dikas Chametz last night on Thursday night. And now it's Friday night, Shabbos night, and he hasn't done the mitzvah of B'dikas Chametz yet. So he'll say, okay, just go, go ahead and look around for your Chametz and do B'dikas Chametz as is. So we're going to go through uh, three or four different shilas, which are related to the possibility of actually doing a B'dikas Chametz on Friday night on Shabbos. In the whether or not there are going to be halachic impediments to doing so, there's not going to be halachic impediments uh, to do so. And this, we're going to just try and work our way sort of systematically through the sources to be able to explore these, uh, these issues. So B'kitzer, the Shaila is, you get to Friday night this year, the night before the Seder, and you realize you have that V8 moment, and you say, oh my gosh, I didn't do B'dikas Chametz last night, can I go ahead and do so now? So we know that, uh, obviously, when we do B'dikas Chametz, you may start with a candle, you may use a candle the whole time, you may use a flashlight, but certainly to go ahead and to do a Malacha Daraisa, for you to go ahead and light a candle to do B'dikas Chametz, that certainly is not going to be allowed. So the question is going to be, the first question we're going to deal with is whether or not you're allowed to ask a non-Jew to go ahead and hold the candle for you. We're not talking about lighting the candle yet. We'll get to that later on. But can you go ahead and ask a non-Jew to carry the candle around for you? And he will be the one or she will be the one who will, uh, will move around the muktza item, which is the, uh, the candle. And you will follow that, uh, that non-Jew in order to, uh, to do B'dikas Chametz. So question number one. So that's what you have. You have these like subheadings. So asking a Gentile to carry the candle. So is that something which is allowed or not? Oh, no, I didn't change all the fonts. I'm sorry. I'm going to change it. As, uh, actually, I won't. Okay. So Shulchan Aruch says as follows. This is in Simon Shin Zion. So Davashen Malacha. If you have something, an activity, which is not a Malacha, 
And the reason why it's prohibited to do so is because it constitutes a shvus. This term shvus is the term which we use for an isadrabanan. So we're not talking about asking the non-Jew to, to light the candle. We're talking about having the non-Jew go ahead and uh, uh, carry around a lit candle. So the halacha is, So you're allowed to go ahead and ask a non-Jew to do an iser durabanan, something which is only rabbinically prohibited, but provided but there are, it's not under all conditions, you're allowed to ask a non-Jew to do an Isra Durabanan. Generally, the rule is you cannot ask a non-Jew to do an Isra Durabanan unless you have particular circumstances. So one circumstance is, if somebody's ill, so somebody's not feeling well, so you can ask a non-Jew to do something which is Isra Durabanan in order to provide treatment for the person who is ill. Oh, or in a case where there's a great necessity for this thing to be uh, uh, accomplished, an example of that we're not going to go through, or if what you're trying to do is you're trying to fulfill a mitzvah. If, you're trying, if you need the non-Jews assistance in order to fulfill a mitzvah, so that would also be allowed. What's an example of that, Ketzad? So what's an example where you need to fulfill a mitzvah and you could uh, not employ, but you could uh, uh, ask a non-Jew to do an mitzvah. So One of your kids was playing with the shofar and they went ahead and thought it would be a nice idea to throw it up and see if they could catch it. And they threw it up and it got caught in the tree. So now it's too high up in the tree for you to be able to access it. So you want to know, climbing a tree is an isudrabanan. Chazal went ahead and prohibited climbing a tree. So can you ask your non-Jewish neighbor to climb the tree for you in order to get the shofar? So that you could do the mitzvah of shofar. Let's assume this is Yantif, not on Shabbos, because we're not pulling the shofar on Shabbos anyways. So on Yantif, can you go ahead and ask him to do it? Oh, or lahavi miyam derechatzer shlo irvu. Or to go ahead and, I'm sorry, oh lahavi mayim. There's a case of somebody who's ill, so somebody who's not feeling well, and they need a therapeutic bath, but there's not enough water which is available. They didn't have running water. So can you ask a non-Jew to carry in a manner where it's only an isidrabanan in order to provide that therapeutic bath? So the first opinion in Shulchan Aruch says that it's permitted. So we're just going to focus right now on this idea that mipnei mitzvah, that if you need uh, uh, to ask a non-Jew to do an isidrabanan so that you could do a mitzvah, so the first opinion Shulchan Aruch says that that's permitted. Then he says, v'yeish osim. Then he cites the, a dissenting opinion which says that you're not allowed to ask a non-Jew to climb the tree in order to get the shofar for you. Or in our style, you would not be permitted to ask the non-Jew to carry around a flashlight or a lit candle for you so that you could do bedikas chametz. So we have these two opinions in Shulchan Aruch. And then the Ramah says, Haggai says, Look, come on, simen pasuk lahatir. So even though here in Hilchot Shabbos, Shulchan Aruch brings down two opinions, one that says it's permitted, the second which says that it is aser, in Simon Tafkuf Peivav is the halachas of shofar. So in that context, Shulchan Aruch only cites the opinion which says that's permitted. 
We'll see more about that. That there are some opinions which say even in Isser Daraisa, something which is biblically prohibited, you'd be able to ask a non-Jew to do in order that you should be able to perform a mitzvah. But we'll get to that that particular idea a little bit uh, later. Okay, so this is this is the issue over here. So now. Uh, so now, what does the Mishabur say about this uh, this idea about asking the non-Jew to carry around the candle so that you could do bedikas chametz? So Mishabur says, "This I will go ahead and I will bold as we go along." El mishum shvus, something which is only asam edarbanan, aval davar shisur Torah. But if we're dealing with something which is an iser daraisa, let's say lighting the candle, kindling the candle, so aser. So that's going to be prohibited to ask a non-Jew to do an Isidaraisa. I feel mitzvah, even if your intent is thereby to be able to fulfill a mitzvah. As it says later on over there, by doing a brismila, that's the simon over there. And therefore, for that reason, so therefore, if the light goes out in shul, right, one of the, the problems we have with technology nowadays is that many appliances and whatnot, if there's a power outage, when the power comes back on, you have to manually turn the electronic device back on and it doesn't just turn on automatically. For many people, when buying a cholin pot, so it's very important that you don't get one that if it, the power goes out, that you'll have to go ahead and press the button again for it to go on. You want a dumb crock pot so that when the power goes back on, it's just automatically, the switch is already set to on and you're already good to, good to go. So here, to go ahead and to ask a non-Jew to turn on the light for you, because you wanna be able to learn, let's say the lights in the base medrash are off or lights in shul are off and you won't be able to daven without the lights on. Too bad, so sad, according to this opinion, you, you may not ask the non-Jew to do an iser de araisa in order to even, even to perform a mitzvah. Um, now he says that so the Shukhrach said that you need to have some sort of tzorach, you need to have some sort of pressing need in order to uh, uh, to employ this leniency. Being that the iser uh, of climbing the tree or, or carrying around the uh, the candle is only an iser drabanan anyways, it's only muktza. And the restriction against asking a non-Jew to do something prohibited on Shabbos or Yantiv is also an Isser Durabanan. So then in the, we put a, a mathematical equation or a halachic equation, so it's a Durabanan squared, asking the non-Jew to do something which is an Isser Durabanan, to do something which is an Isser Durabanan. So, lo gazu bofanum elu. So when there is a medical need or when there is a mitzvah need, so the restriction against asking a non-Jew to do an Isser Durabanan was never uh, enforced, never applied, and therefore it would be permitted. Um, okay, I think we're going to get rid of this Mishnah Bura. I don't think we need this one. And then he says, So then the Shulchan Aruch said that there are opinions which say that even, for, even to ask a non-Jew to carry around the candle so that you should be able to do B'dikas Chametz, even that is going to be Aser. So this is the dissenting opinion. What's the rationale? 
It was only in the context of being able to perform a brismila on a baby on Shabbos would it be permitted to ask a non-Jew to do an Isr Drabanan. What would be an example of that? That they have everything's all ready for the brismila. The Moel shows up and he says, oh my gosh, I cannot believe this. I forgot to put the knife in my mila bag. So there's no meal life in there. So you can't go into the kitchen, uh, you know, uh, where you keep your silverware and just grab a knife and do a, a bris milah. The baby will not be too happy if you go ahead and you uh, you do that. And if the parents see, they also will not be uh, very happy. And neither will the pediatrician who's going to have to look at the baby afterwards, will she be happy in following that? So you have to go ahead and you're going to send the non-Jew to go back to the Moel's house to pick up the knife. So that would be permitted. Why? As a special leniency just for the sake of Rasmila, Mishum the last line. Mishum Mishum the Hi Atzma Shabbos. Because we know Brismila it itself overrides Shabbos. So since we're dealing with a mitzvah which overrides Isurman Shabbos, so it's in that context we could say, okay, once we already know that to do a bris meal in the first place, we override Shabbos. So we could go ahead and we could do the same thing in order to carry the knife to where the baby is. Aval lo mitzvah but in order, asking an Anju to do an Isidra Banan, they could perform another mitzvah, such as B'dikas Chametz, so that is not allowed. Uh, and if you look in the Levush in the El Yeraba, so they paskin like the first opinion of Shulchan Aruch, which says that you could always ask a non-Jew, not always, but in most circumstances, you could ask a non-Jew to do an Isidra Banan to facilitate your performance of a mitzvah. So, so that would that would mean following that. So that would mean that we could go ahead and uh, it, it's going to be permitted to um, going to be permitted to uh, ask the non-Jew to carry around the candle so that you should be able to fulfill the uh, you should be able to do bedikas chametz. So that part one. Uh, so that we seem to be okay. Now we run into a different problem. So right now uh, you have you go over to your neighbor. Uh, our neighbor over here is uh, is uh, is very kind, and he's already familiar with uh, the fact that those of us on the block over here often forget to do things. So if we knock on a Shabbos or Yantif, so his response right away is, "Rabbi, what do you need?" So that's uh, he already knows that uh, you know what uh, what uh, that uh, we're, we're coming for a particular purpose. So I could go ahead and I could go over there and I say, Ernesto, we need you to walk around with us while we do Bedikas Chametz. He, uh, he came by already and he did uh, the Mechira with us a couple times. So now he'll come by and he will help us to facilitate doing Bedikas Chametz. But there's a different problem that we run into if we're going to do Bedikas Chametz on Shabbos. And that is that Chazal uh, restricted doing something which requires scrutiny something as simple as reading, but let, let's say, we put it in those cases, something which requires attention by lamplight because of the fear that if you're using a lantern in order to read on Shabbos and the, uh, you're getting near the end of the oil supply or something like that, you don't have such a good wick. If the light isn't so bright, you may be tempted to reach out and tilt the lamp to get more oil on the wick in order to make the flame clearer. And doing so would be an Isidar Isa. 
So in order to make sure that nobody goes ahead and while they're in the middle of reading, go ahead and adjust the lamp with their hand. Their hand. So there's an isidra banan for a person to go ahead and read by lamplight. So now let's see these halachas, because this means it's obviously something where you're going to have to be searching carefully and you want very good light. It's not helpful to have bad light when you're doing bedikas chametz. You want the light to be good quality light. So is that going to be a problem? Even if the non-Jew is holding the candle, but are we afraid that as he's holding the candle and you're trying to search under the bed or something, you'll reach out to the lamp that he's holding and you'll tilt it, you'll move his hand a little bit so you get better view of what's going on under the bed. And in doing so, you'll end up violating that isodaraisa. So it's the same concern. So does that, is that concern going to be relevant and create a restriction against doing bedikas chametz on Shabbos? So here we go. Different set of halachas. So the Shulchan Aruch says, this is Simon Reish Ayin Hay. We'll read Sif Alev Beis and Gibel. It says, Ein Poland. Poland means to go ahead and search for lice, to pick out the lice. Ven kar b'sefer l'or haner, nor can you read from a sefer, even learning, l'or haner by the light of a lamp. V'filo eno motzi b'piv. Even if you're not reading it out loud, that other people will be able to hear because of the concern of because the fear that you'll tilt the lamp. Now, once Chazal went ahead and put this in place, they said, even if the lamp that you're reading by is 10 stories high, there's no way you're going to be able to reach up your hand. You're not Basparo, whose hand is going to stretch out all the way onto the lamp over there and make an adjustment in order to be able to get the baby Moshe from the basket. Because it's still below because once Chazal say there's an Isser against doing something, it applies in all circumstances. Therefore, for this reason, it's going to be also even if the wick in the oil supply are behind a piece of glass. So when you reach out, you couldn't have touched it anyways. And even if the lamp is affixed to the wall, a hole in the wall, also where it's unlikely that you're going to make any adjustments whatsoever, it's still going to be usher. Then we say, then we say, and the same thing is going to be true with regards to a wax candle. And that's what's going to be relevant for us, that even if we're using a wax candle, that's also going to be usher. Because they don't allow you to read by, by lamplight or even candlelight. Now, Steve Bates, now, when does this restriction apply? Only when you are by yourself. So when you're by yourself, we're afraid that you won't pay attention to what you do the whole week. Whenever you're reading the, uh, before you go to sleep, you reach out and you adjust the lamp all the time. So you don't even think about it. So when you're by yourself, we're afraid that you may do so. But if two people are reading out of a safer together, so then it's okay. Why? Because if one person goes ahead and uh, and goes to reach out to uh, to adjust the lamp, uh, Bob goes ahead and uh, adjusts the lamp. Yes, So Charlene will go ahead and slap his hand and say, "Bob, what are you doing? You can't touch the lamp." So each one will remind one another about that you're not allowed to do so, and they will serve as a protection one for the other. But this assumes that both of them are reading the same thing. So they're, they're attentive to what the other one is doing. To us, 
But if each person, two people are sitting next to each other with a single lamp, but each one is reading a separate magazine or a separate safer, so then that's not going to be allowed. Because once each one is in their own world, so then they're not going to be attentive to the other one's hand reaching out to go ahead and adjust the light, and then it's Asr. Then we say, Another leniency is that if somebody else is with you, even if that second person is not reading together with you, but you say to that person, could you watch me, make sure that I don't do any adjusting of the light whatsoever? So that's going to be permitted. The same thing is going to be true. You say to your wife, dear, I'm going to be reading, I'm going to be learning a little bit and make sure that I don't go ahead and adjust the lamp. So that is going to be allowed. Now, what does the Mishnah Bura say about this? So he says, in Karin, he says, and this is now, so it's not limited to reading. Here, I want you to see the language because it works out well for us. He says, He says, there's a practice to check your tzitzis before you put on your talus or your talus cotton to make sure that the tzitzis are kosher. So that also requires careful attention. So that's something which you're not allowed to do on Shabbos either. Bodkin, but for us, it's going to be bedikas chavitz. So something which requires attention to do by candlelight, you're not allowed to do. V'chol gavna. And anything which is similar, davar hatzarach iyun. Anything which requires careful attention, you're not allowed to do by candlelight by yourself because maybe you'll tilt the lamp a little bit in order to get the oil closer to the wick, in order that it should burn brightly. And if you were to do so inadvertently, so that would be a, uh, an inadvertent violation of an Isidara So therefore, there's going to be a restriction against doing so. Then, if you remember, we said at the end of Sifalev, we said this restriction is going to apply even if you are using a wax candle. Because once Chazal make Xer against reading by, by, by a fire, so that's going to apply to any fire whatsoever, even a candlelight that doesn't really have fuel. However, the Mishnah says, and this is going to be a, a basis for leniency, So we have the Bach in the name of the Marshal, who are of the opinion that there is no concern about tilting the lamp if you're using a wax candle. Because a wax candle, it just burns by itself. There's not, there's no wax to lead into the uh, into the wick that there'd be a temptation to go ahead and tilt it at all or to manipulate it at all. You light it and it just burns and it's going to do its uh, job all by itself. And the same thing is going to be true if you have, I assume this is like congealed fat, that it just, it automatically draws into the wind, into the wick and there's nothing that you need to do in order to draw it uh, further into the wick to make it burn better. It won't accomplish anything. Because when you're dealing with a, a, uh, a wax candle, let's just say, so there's never a fear that you're going to tilt it. The only thing that you're going to do is maybe you'll start cutting the wick a little bit shorter or something like that, or you'll play with the wick, which could potentially extinguish the candle. The kibbutz have a malacha shenitzricha and if you even if you were to go ahead and inadvertently extinguish the lamp or the uh, the candle, I should say, so that since it's a malacha shenetzricha the gufa, 
I don't want to go into the details of what that is, but you're doing the malacha, but not for the constructive purpose of the malacha. So it's only going to be in Isidoraisa. And therefore, uh, we, the, the Gzeira, according to this opinion, according to the Bach in the, in the name of the Marshal, the decree against reading by candlelight, by lamplight, doesn't apply to a wax candle. The Kakas of Ataz, and Ataz writes the same idea. And the Magad of Ram says, listen, if you don't need to be lenient as far as this, there's no compelling reason, so you should really be Machmer, and you shouldn't even read by candlelight. But, uh, okay, right. Um, um, okay, then the Mishnah, I don't want to too caught up in the details. It says, El Yeraba Kasav Shema Bushra Yantiv, the Venerish Shashava Shag Gamkin Shema Yata. So the El Yeraba, however, he disagrees and says, No, the same concern about tilting a, an oil lamp is going to apply to a wax candle as well. We're afraid that you're going to go ahead and you're going to uh, manipulate it. And he brings proof for this. And he finds support for this in the Ramban that, the, that you would not be able to read by candlelight, wax candle. And the gra also is machmir about this. But now says the Mishnah Our good quality candles, Shikorin, Starin, I don't, know, I don't know what language he's speaking. I don't know what uh, what what the meaning is. As He's of the opinion, however, that when you have these good quality candles, everybody's going to say that it's permitted. Why? Because the only time that the, the the decree makes sense is if sometimes during the week, if you were using those candles, you would go ahead and you would tilt it. In order that you should, it should burn better. Ubener and let's say our wax candles, our Shabbos candles. Nobody ever goes ahead and just the Shabbos candles. Once you light wax Shabbos candles, they just burn by themselves, and there's no adjustment which needs to be made to that whatsoever. And we're never afraid they're going to start manipulating the wick in order to get a clearer flame because it produces a, a, a darn nice flame all by itself. And there's no concern that, they're, they're, that you would ever have to go ahead and do any adjustment. And therefore, you wouldn't need to, uh, to adjust it at all. Okay, so what this means is, is that if the non-Jew is, we rely on heter number one, that you could ask a non-Jew to do an Isser Muktzah, to carry around a candle, so you should do B'dikas Chama, so you could do the mitzvah, the mitzvah. So that should be okay. Now, as far as the concern about uh, uh, examining and searching for chametz by candlelight, even if it's just you and the non-Jew, so that seemingly is going to be, uh, that's potentially okay, because by our wax candles, we're not really so scared that they're going to go ahead and they're going to manipulate them that anybody's going to go ahead and adjust it. But now let's say you want to adopt the stringent opinion. You say, you know what? We're dealing with a potential issue daraisa over here, suffix daraisa lechumra. I don't want to take a chance or suffix a drabanan, which could lead to a daraisa. I don't want to take any chances. And I'm, my tendency is I'll start moving things around and uh, in order to get a better thing, and I'm, I'm afraid. But now there's another etza. Because remember we said back in uh, Sif Base over here, we said, 
That's only when a person is by themselves is it going to be problematic. But if two people are reading together, it's okay. Or we said in Sif Gimel that even if you're not both reading together, if you tell another person, hey, make sure that I don't touch the lamp, so you could you could have a shomer who will watch you to make sure you don't watch uh, you don't touch the lamp, and that also is going to be permitted. So the next thing, so the next question is, so now if it's just me and Ernesto, everybody else is gone. So I go ahead and I call Ernesto down the block. I say, Ernesto, I need you to carry around the candle so I could do Badikas Chametz. Says, Rabbi, not a problem. Then I say, Ernesto, I need you to make sure that I don't touch the candle. Don't let me reach out and touch it at all. So can I rely on Ernesto to go ahead and keep my hands off of the candle? Is that considered to be a sufficient shmira? Does that satisfy Shulchan Aruch's requirement that somebody else watch what I do? Or is that not a reliable uh, backup system? So here, this is the, 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 where the, the Shiloh comes from. See the word Hisorus over here, Shuva over here. Now it's funny, he put at the heading of each page, he says, Ein lisvoch al klal, He says, don't rely on any of these rulings which I have over here at all. Go ahead and look at the, my introduction. So it's always good to have Allah Sefer, which says, don't follow any of the Allahs in the Sefer. But that's what he says. So it's a it's a lambda should discuss. It. So he says, Vish Lomar, he says we can say, Shahagoy Lo Neman Al Zeshiaskiru. It may very well be that you cannot rely on the non-Jew to remind you to keep your hands off of the lamp. Why? Because when he's 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 conflating over here, he's mixing together the halachas of uh, credibility, when a non-Jew has credibility to give information which is going to be relevant for halachic shayla, and reliability, I guess we'll say, that the non-Jew will make sure that your hand doesn't touch the lamp. So he says, it may be that the non-Jew doesn't have reliability to keep your, that you could actually trust him in, in, uh, in a halachic sense to keep your hand off of the camel, uh, candle. Why? Kirak because the only time we give credibility or reliability to a non-Jew for halachic matters is when there's something which may be in Isidrabana. We're uncertain about whether this the thing before us is Asamidrabana or not. And only when the non-Jew shares information in the course of casual conversation, meaning he, he's not aware that he's casting a halacha for us. We just talked to him about, you know, in the course of conversation, we're able to extract relevant information, but he doesn't realize that we're gathering that information for halachic purposes. Now, so therefore he says, I'm not sure that you could rely on Ernesto to keep your hands off of the, off of the candle. Now, he's, now he says, maybe you'll argue that, listen, Ernesto doesn't want to be, uh, doesn't want to be seen as non-reliable, uh, and therefore he'll make sure that if you asked him nicely, Ernesto, make sure they don't touch the candle, so he wants to seem like a reliable uh, and trustworthy neighbor. And for that reason, you could rely on him. His reputation is at stake. So to that, the Yisrael Shuba says, Ve'em lomar deshari. Don't think that it's permitted mishum demirtas, mirtas, that's the word over here, that he's afraid that he'll develop a bad reputation in the neighborhood as being somebody unreliable and untrustworthy. Imyata al-shalom amar lahaskiro. 
because you will tell everybody that I asked him to do me this uh, this favor, keep my hands off of the lamp, and he failed to do so, and he'll be embarrassed and humiliated in front of all of the other neighbors. Why? Why is that not? Why does that not help? Because because when he's called uh, to task for not keeping your hands off of the lamp, he'll say you, you'll you'll say, hey Ernesto, you're supposed to keep my hands off of the lamp. What happened over here? So Yuchalis not sell. He will go ahead and excuse himself by saying, "Listen, He says, "I was about his hand was so fast. Shaffel's hand was so fast to the lamp before I even had a chance to say something. He already moved it. I was gonna say, I was gonna say something. I was about to yell at him, but he was fast. His his hand was faster than my mouth, and that would be a reasonable excuse." whereby he wouldn't lose or he wouldn't develop now a reputation as being somebody who's unreliable and untrustworthy. Even where, though we're talking about where Ernesto is going to be handling the candle. So Ernesto, the Hussar Shuva says you can't rely on Ernesto to keep your hands off of the lamp. However, if you have somebody else with you, two Jews are there, so then certainly you could say to the other Jew, listen, we're going to do Badikas Chametz. And if my hand starts inching towards that lamp, go ahead and yell and scream, tackle me, go ahead and hit me over the head with a, you know, a water balloon, something to go ahead and uh, grab my attention so I don't do so. So although it's a, con- a potential concern, the fact that you're going to be doing this Badika by candlelight, in general, you're not allowed to do things which require careful attention by candlelight or oil lamp light. So this is also an, an issue which we could potentially get around, either because wax candles are not subject to this restriction because there's no temptation, temptation that you're going to reach out and adjust anything. Or if you have somebody else with you, at the very least another Jew with you, who will be there to remind you to make sure that you don't touch the candle, that also is going to make that permitted. So, so far, two issues we, we, we've considered and we're able to go ahead and get around that. Okay. Now, Next thing is, let's say you don't realize that you forgot to do B'dikas Chametz until after your Shabbos candles are out. So now, how are you going to go ahead and do B'dikas Chametz without, the, the, without, the, without a candle? So here, question three is, can you ask the non-Jew to go ahead and kindle the light for you? So here the Ramah says, says there are some people who say, we said earlier, according to Shulchan Aruch, the most lenient that you'll be able to do is ask the non-Jew to do an Isser Durabanan for you. But to do an Isser Durabanan, so that, according to Shulchan Aruch, nobody permitted. Now the Ramah comes along and tells us that there actually is an opinion which says that even for an Isser Durabanan, you'd be allowed to ask a non-Jew to do an Isser Durabanan, so that you should be able to fulfill the mitzvah. What does the Mishabur say on this? That you'd be able to ask a non-Jew to do an Isidaraisa to facilitate your fulfillment of a mitzvah, either, let's say, a, uh, a brismila, or perhaps even bidikas chametz. Maybe to facilitate doing bidikas chametz, you could ask a non-Jew to, uh, to, uh, to, to light a candle for you. However, but the Ramah says that even though there is such an opinion which, which does hold this way, Lamaisa were machmer about this. We would not rely on this, uh, this lenient opinion. V'chein Iker. 
And the Mishaburah confirms that this actually is the way we pass in Halacha Lamaisa, that you cannot ask a non-Jew to do a Malacha Daraisa to facilitate your fulfillment of a mitzvah. Why? Because the opinion which allows this is a minority opinion. And you see this authoritative list, which includes Rif, Rush, and the Rambam, which according to the Beis Yosef are the three primary poskim that we deal with. So all of them say, among, together with others, all of them disagree, and they all hold that it's Asr. However, perhaps for Brismila, which as we said earlier, is a mitzvah which itself overrides Shabbos. So you may, both, may be able to ask a non-Jew to do a malacha daraisa for that purpose, but for Bedikas Hamas, you're not going to get any leniency out of any of these Rishonim or the Mishaburah whatsoever, or the Mishabura. So this issue of asking the non-Jew to light a candle for you, so that you should be able to do Bedikas Hamas, that we're not going to be able to get the head uh, out of. So now, so far, we've got two, th- we've got, uh, two issues which we've addressed. Two, uh, uh, sorry, three issues which we've addressed. Two of them, we've got room for leniency, and uh, which is to ask the non-Jew to carry the lamp and to go ahead and use the light of that lamp in order to be able to see uh, 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 something which requires attention. What we cannot permit, as, uh, what we cannot permit is asking the non-Jew to go ahead and light the lamp for us or to light the candle for us. Okay, now, what are we going to go ahead and use over here? So now, let's say you actually have, the only thing you have, let's say you don't like Shabbos candles, you don't like wax candles. You use one of those paraffin liquid uh, things, uh, oil things, to go ahead and for your Shabbos candles. Or you maybe you may even use olive oil. So now the question is, can you go ahead and use, let's say you wanted to pick up that candlestick, which has the oil burning, so can I go ahead and use it? Ask Ernesto to go ahead and pick that up and carry that around with me because that's only an Isidorbanan. I'm allowed to look, use that light in order to be able to see because um, I'll bring somebody else with me to make sure that I don't touch the lamp and I should be able to do Bidikas Hametz in that way with the oil lamp. But now we run into a different problem. Using the oil lamp actually does not fulfill the requirement of Bidikas Hametz. And now here in source seven, we finally get to halacha related to Pesach, directly to Pesach. This is in Simon Toflam and Gimel towards the beginning about, about the B'dikas Chavetz. So it says the Shulchan Aruch, in Bodkin or Havuka, El or Haner. So halacha number one is we don't use a torch, which means two wicks in either the oil lamp or the, the candle for B'dikas Chavetz. It makes too big of a flame and we're afraid they're going to burn down the, the, the house. Now, although that's effective at getting rid of the chametz, but that means that you're going to have to find a place to live for the uh, for the seder tomorrow night, and nobody wants to go ahead and look for a new place to uh, to live uh, between bedikas chametz and leil seder, and you won't have any food left either. Velo benir shalchelev, velo shuman, and you can't use uh, a candle which is fueled with chelev or with shuman, different types of fat. semen, nor are you allowed to use an oil lamp for bedikas chametz. Ella Bener Shoshava. The only option that you have, the, the only thing which Shokharach says you're allowed to use is wax candles for Bedikas Chametz, because you have 
pretty good control over where the flame is going to go. These other things, we're afraid of splatterings and we're afraid that you may spill some oil and then the flame may go by there and you could just, uh, you know, uh, uh, torch the whole house. So now this is going to be another issue which we have to face that depending on what you light for your Shabbos candles or what candles or lamps are burning that may or may not allow you to go ahead and do so. Now, why are you not allowed to use any one of these other fuels? So the Mishaburah said, Why? Because if you're carrying around a, a lamp which is fueled with oil, so the person doing the B'dikas Chametz you're afraid you may spill some oil on them and you may burn them. You may ruin the, uh, the utensil. So anytime that we're afraid, since you have to look with great scrutiny for chametz, you have to be able to look very carefully. Anytime you're afraid to put the lamp in there because you may ruin something in the process, you may burn something down or you spill oil on it and you'll ruin it. You're not going to do an effective job, a thorough job of B'dikas chametz. And once you're not going to do a thorough job of B'dikas chametz, so then what's the point? There's no value in doing in a, a non-thorough bidikas chametz. I could go ahead and just spin around on my chair over here, and I could, that was a non-thorough job of bidikas chametz. It doesn't help at all. So therefore, it only helps if you can be thorough in using these things. Is halacha says we're afraid that it's going to be non-thorough, and therefore you, you may not use them. Below now, that was as far as the fats are concerned. The one which is going to be more relevant for us, if you have an, a lamp which burns with oil, with olive oil, you can't use that for B'dikas Chametz either. Why? Because remember, in order to do an effective, a thorough B'dikas Chametz, you have to check in the holes and the cracks of the wall, which means that the lamp has to go, the fire has to go close enough there that you could actually see inside of the wall. You have to see, in a sense, behind the drywall, what stuff went ahead and fell, uh, fell back there. We don't actually do that, but back then uh, they did. Pen out of fear that the, the oil will spill. Now he says, however, uh, not however, now let's say you actually use the torch where the fear is that you're gonna burn down your house. So since it's not going to lend itself to a, uh, a, a thorough bedika. So even bidiyeved, you don't get credit for having done bedikas chametz. So you went through the whole house with this torch, searching the best that you could with a torch, the best that the torch would allow, and you get zero credit. It's a pass-fail. Bidikas chametz is a pass-fail. There's no A, B, C, or D. It's either pass-fail, and if you use a torch, so you get a fail for the, uh, for the effort. And and you have to go ahead and you have to search a second time using a candle which has only a single wick. Now that's as far as if you use a torch properly. If you use any one of these fats as a fuel where it's not really going to spill, so then you get a pass. And let's say you use an oil lamp, which somebody may use for their Shabbos candles, so then, so then there's an achlokas achronim whether doing bedikas chametz with an oil lamp is going to be effective even bedikavid. Do you get a pass for that or do you get a fail? So this could be an issue as far as somebody who lights Shabbos candles with oil rather than wax candles. So to call Ernesto over and do bedikas chametz with a, an oil lamp that may very well not be an effective means of, of, of fulfilling the mitzvah of B'dikas Chametz, even on a B'dikas level. 
we may we may be lenient over here because you have no choice, and this is the uh, when you have to do the mitzvah. But it's it's an issue which uh, which uh, which is relevant. Now, ella benir shel shava. So for bedikas chametz, we said that the preferred thing is to use a wax candle. Vim ein lo neir shel shava. In the event that you don't have a wax candle, yochel livdo bosa neir shubidiavet yosven. They could use one of the bidiavet ones. So you could use chaylev or shuman. One of the lamps which is fueled with fat, and whether b'diavad you could use oil, so that the previous mishabura said is a machlokas, whether or not that, uh, that that is allowed or not. Okay, so that is going to be another issue, which is which is relevant using the uh, the uh, the a lamp rather than Shabbos candles. That is a potential issue, and now we have one more issue which we want to see, and this we're just going to read it from the Hisarus Shuva himself. So he's. Says, and we're starting from right over here. If you can see the doohickey right in the, in the middle of that uh, top line there, he says, So, another thing, another issue with using your whether, regardless of whether you're using a Shabbos candle or whether we will allow you to go ahead and use your uh, your oil, your Shabbos oil lamp for the purpose of Adikas Chametz. But now the question is, We have to wonder, according to Magan Avram and Hilchos Shabbos. That once you go ahead and you light yomtiv candles for the purpose of the mitzvah of yomtiv candles, also lasos bem tashmish acher. So you're not allowed to use those sacred candles now for any purpose whatsoever. Now he mentions yomtiv specifically uh, because it's been set aside for the mitzvah. So now what he's talking about is, uh, let's say it's sukkah time. So sukkah time, you're lighting shot, you're lighting the yontif candles in the sukkah, and the kids say, "Hey, oftentimes we go camping. We did lots of camping this summer and uh, in the fall, and we still have some leftover marshmallows. And there's a fire burning over there. It's yontif. We learned that you're allowed to go ahead and cook food from an existing flame on yontif. Let's go ahead and make some s'mores. So they want to go ahead and they're going to pull out a skewer, put some marshmallows on the skewer, and roast them over your yontif candles." So Magan Avram says, you're not allowed to do that. Not because you're not allowed to make uh, uh, s'mores on Yantif. You're not allowed to do that because once the candles are set aside for the purpose of the mitzvah, the mitzvah of, of Yantif candles, you're not allowed to use them for another purpose, even another purpose as yummy as s'mores. Even that's not going to be allowed. So therefore, says the Hisaris Shuva, Hu adim shel Shabbos. So maybe the same thing is going to be true with Shabbos candles, that once they're set aside for the purpose of being Shabbos candles, you can't use them for another purpose, which is the mitzvah of B'digas Chabetz, because it's hooked to the mitzvah, so it's already been set aside and designated and reserved for one mitzvah, and you're not allowed to go ahead and use it for a different, uh, a different mitzvah. So maybe fundamentally the whole thing falls apart, the whole possibility of calling Ernesto down the block to have him hold the candle for you so you could do the Batikas Chametz. Maybe the whole thing doesn't work because you're not allowed to use those candles anyways for that purpose. But, says he Shuva, that as a concern, that he says, eh, I'm not so uh, majorly concerned. We could be lenient as far as this last issue is concerned. Why? And this is based on, I we go into a different area of Shulchan Aruch. This is based on what we say in Tavresh Ayin Gimel with regards to Hilchos Chanukah. 
So if you remember that we say in Haneros Halal, Haneros Halal, Kodeshem, that the Hanukkah candles are sacred and you're not allowed to use them for any purpose. That's why we like the Shamish. So that in the event that we get some benefit, the benefit is coming from the Shamish rather than the Mitzvah Neros. Then Shulchan Aruch says, And some people say that if you're going to use the Hanukkah candles for a sacred purpose, to learn Torah by or to do some other mitzvah. So there's an opinion which says that you're allowed to. Now, we don't pass in that way, at least. We say you shouldn't use it for anything, but there is such an opinion. And if I'm using the Hanukkah candles to learn Torah, or I use my Shabbos candles to go ahead and do Bedikas Chametz, so it's not degrading the mitzvah. I'm not, uh, I'm not cheapening the mitzvah by using it for another purpose because I'm using it for another mitzvah. So using it for another mitzvah doesn't cheapen it at all. And therefore, that will be okay. So you look in the Taz, and he expresses that idea. Some people, however, say, and this is the way we pass them, this is the way we're generally machmer by Hanukkah candles, that you're not allowed to use Hanukkah candles to learn by, to use the light of the Hanukkah candles for learning Torah. Because if, if somebody walks by and sees you sitting by candles and learning Torah, they won't realize that this is Pursume Nisa. They won't realize that this is publicizing the miracle. They're going to think that you lit those candles for the purpose of having light for learning Torah. And that will actually take away from the mitzvah. So by Hanukkah candles, there is a concern that somebody will think that you lit it for the purpose of reading rather than for the mitzvah of Pursume Nisa. Aval tamzelo Shabbos. But this concern that somebody will say that you lit it for private purposes, non-sacred purposes, that won't apply to Shabbos candles. And the Bedika, because nobody's going to think that you're, because, sorry, anyways, the Ner Hanukkah, the Ner Shabbos is supposed to be there for illumination. It is there so that you could see your food and whatnot, as opposed to Hanukkah candles. So therefore, you, you are allowed to get the uh, Hanah in benefit from reading by Shabbos candles. So that's not a concern. And furthermore, and using the candles for the purpose of being able to do Bedikas Chametz. So that is a mitzvah use of those candles. And therefore, the Yisaru's Shuva says that double dipping, in a sense, using the Shabbos candles in order to be able to facilitate the Bedikas Chametz. So that is something which you could get away with, that, that, we could, that we could justify that, and we could rationalize an allowance to be able to do so. And therefore, in his final conclusion, with the right things in place, a wax candle that's already burning uh, that uh, you could get away with asking Ernesto to go ahead and carry it around for you, so you're able to to, bedikas, uh, to be able to do bedikas chametz, the mitzvah of bedikas chametz that you forgot to do, and then he ends he ends with uh, sort of like a pun. I don't know if Bob is uh, still there, but he says, hu yair amen." So the merciful one should enlighten our eyes, since we're talking about doing bedikas chametz by ner. So he says, so he invokes that brach that Gosh should enlighten our eyes for good things. With an amen, can I get an amen? Amen. So that's how he goes at and ends. But uh, hopefully, this will uh, this uh, this uh, this discussion about the uh, the the issues uh, involved uh, will uh, will be enough to keep uh, the uh, as a reminder of the necessity to do b'tikas chametz on Thursday night this year, the night of Yud Gimel, rather than the night of Yud Dalad, being that Air Pesach falls on, on Shabbos, and hopefully uh, none of us will have the Shiloh come up lemaisa. 
they bring down in uh, in Sfarim that a segula to make sure that you don't have uh, halachic shilas is to go ahead and learn the halachas in advance. So hopefully our study of this halacha in advance will serve to protect us from forgetting to do vidikas chametz on that, uh, that Thursday night, and it won't be relevant uh, to any of us. And more on preparing for, uh, for Pesach. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode. Thank you.